Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Coming up in this edition of the TV Black Box, a TV executive says there are too many celebrity reality shows. Channel 10 defends the project's bad ratings in the weirdest way possible. And Angelie Rao from The Real Housewives of Melbourne joins us to give us the inside word on what it's like to make reality TV. Welcome to the podcast where people in the TV industry get their news. TV Black Box is about to start. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. This is TV Black Box. Bringing you the inside goss from the TV industry. Welcome to a very big edition of TV Black Box. I'm Rob McKnight, coming to you from the GC. Over in Perth is Aaron Ryan. Hello, Aaron. Hello, gorgeous people. I'm very excited about our special guest today. Ooh. Then we fly all the way over to Florida, where we find the delightful Sarah Monaghan. Hello, Sarah. Good morning. I am just excited to see Angelique. Spoiler alert. And joining us from her Melbourne uh, penthouse is the one and only Angelie Rao from The Real Housewives of Melbourne. Hello, Ange. Hello. And don't forget Angelie Rao from the Ange Robin Robbo show fame. Thank you very much. I was about to mention it. I'm, I was about to say, I wonder how I managed to get hold of your number. <laughs> I know. The IVO is coming your way. <laughs> now, look, Ange, before we get on to our news items of the day, you are making headlines left, right and centre because of your appearance and, and your portrayal in The Real Housewives of Melbourne. While I've got you, I want to talk to you about making reality TV. As a former anchor on CNN and more high-profile gigs like the Andrew and Robbo show, more prestigious <laughs> gigs, I should say, um, why did you make the decision to go down the reality TV path? Never in my wildest dreams in this lifetime or any other did I consider doing reality TV. Um, it was just that um, one of the, well, the executive producer of the show at the time, two years ago, came after me like hard. Um, and of course, my first reaction was, hmm, absolutely not. Didn't this happen at a lunch? Weren't you at a lunch and the executive yes. producer looked at you and went, you'd be a good housewife. Apparently that was the thought process, but I was not aware of it at the time. Right. It was only the day after when she called me and um, I don't think we'd actually even spoken at the lunch, but she had heard me speak. <laughs> you obviously people. made an impression. <laughs> Apparently I did. <laughs> she got my number and rang me and, you know, said, oh, I'm the executive producer of Housewives. I was like, oh God, nothing good is going to happen here. <laughs> <laughs> but she she did she you know um hats off she she convinced me and convinced me over quite a period of time and um you know I was told that it would be a totally different season it's like I'd never watched Housewives at all um but you know I live in the world 
so I knew what what it was about sort of and I kind of knew who some of the characters were but that was the extent of it um and so I agreed because um yeah you know sort of told that it was going to be sort of positive and uplifting and and all of that and of course you know reality tv is reality tv and perhaps I was a little naive going into it and I'm absolutely fine to admit that now um but it was it was tough it was really tough and I think anybody who goes into a show like Housewives and says that it isn't tough is just a liar. Ange I've known you for geez quite a few years now and I've got the video feed here and I'm watching that and you look a bit emotional thinking about it. I get really emotional about it um it stuck with me for a long time afterwards um and it's it's really difficult watching people that I genuinely love and care about being Kyla and Cherry um being attacked or vilified that it, it wasn't just what was happening to me it was what I was observing with people that that matter to me um and it really does take a toll I think um you know and Thank God for our on-staff psychologist because her phone has disintegrated thanks to me and I'm sure many others. But um, oh yeah, it, it's um, it's a really emotional thing and it's it's a funny thing, Rob. You know, my entire professional career has been in front of the cameras since I was 21 mm. years old, and um, I've never felt anything like this where it just sticks with you for so long. It's got these sort of tentacles that get under your skin and they stay there and it's it's just a very I, I can't explain it you know perhaps my English isn't good enough to explain it so how, basically how it you have PTSD from this show <laughs> <laughs> that's going a bit far Dr Phil <laughs> no it's just you know and there there were good times and look if you know if all I get out of it is a wardrobe full of sequins and my friendship with Kyla and Cherry and the fact that the country can now pronounce my name. Um, I'm, I'm down with that. <laughs> um, the reason I brought up how long I've known you is because I've actually never seen you this way. Um, I've never seen things get to you. And, and I've taken a bit of this journey with you because you did confide in me what was going on. I and I was sworn to secrecy and I kept that secret. Um, but it has been an emotional roller coaster for you. Absolutely. It really, really has. And, um, you know, of course, I'm often asked, well, you know, why would somebody like you go into something like this? Um, and, you know, people online accusing me of sort of, you know, dumbing myself down and <laughs> the trolling has been next level, just horrendous. Never experienced anything like it. Is that the part that's getting to you? Um, at the moment, it I don't want to say that because then the trolls win. But, you know, when it's relentless, and I get way more love than I do hate. I'm very lucky like that. But of course, yeah, but we're humans. We usually exactly. focus on the negative. Totally, yeah. So that has been that has been difficult, and I haven't shed any tears over it. But it, it sort of puts like a like a black cloud over your day and your life, and just thinking of all these people who are strangers have nothing better to do with their time oh and are sitting God. at home doing nothing not going out at all and have nothing better to do yeah. than to be rude to somebody that they've never met i know and that they if i'm lucky they never will meet 
Um, <laughs> but I just, I can't understand the mentality of that. But then, you know, the fans that, that love me and love the show, they're amazing. They're absolutely gorgeous people. Um, it's, it's just the other ones who are so cruel, um, out of nowhere. That's, that's been hard recently. Um, but you know, but Angel, I'm actually a little bit teary seeing you this way because I've never seen you this way. And um, so I don't know how you haven't shed a tear over this. But as I said, I've, ne- I've never seen you like this. I, I've shed many, many, many tears over the show. Right. During it, after it. Um, and, you know, talk to me on Monday. I'll probably be a complete wreck. Mm. Well, there's um, a lot more to come, as we know. There is, But yeah. let, me, let me ask you about the portrayal of you, which I know you, as I've, I've mentioned, it seems like uh, a heightened version of you with your wit <laughs> and your <laughs> remarks and everything like that because you are the queen of the one-liners. Thank um, you. Let's first of all ask, are you happy with the portrayal slash the edit? I really am. I am super happy. Um, it's just... And so I it's how pl- things played out at the show. Absolutely. But also, I'm not I'm not somebody who would ever blame an edit. I've, you know, been in this industry for, you know, that long. It's like, no, I did say that. And I did do that. And I totally own every single thing. Absolutely. And even when I come across as a total plonker, like, oh, we've got three <laughs> yachts, blah, blah, blah. I know that after I said that line, which got me so much hate, I said, mm. and then I left my marriage, got divorced, and I lost the lot. I had $7 in the bank. But, of course, they didn't put that in, did they? So, uh, and just so you <laughs> know, like I'm cutting man. that bit out as well, so no one will ever know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, no, I've actually been really, really happy with how I've come across. And, um, you know, I sort of forget some of the stuff that I'd said. And then... They, they play my one-liners and mm. people are just like going, oh, my God, how do I make that my ringtone? <laughs> <laughs> now, have you heard from the other housewives about your one-liners and what you've said? Because it's this hilarious thing. Everybody takes part in the show and then they have their bitch session in the master interviews that talk oh. about events that have happened. And you get to see what others were thinking they get to see what you were thinking and how you've reacted. What happens after everyone sees it all laid out there? Um, well, because Kyla and Cherry and I are such a tight unit, we always talk about it afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, but not with the others. I know that a couple of them have, you know, said things afterwards on their socials about, you know, what did you think about this comment? That, and I read the comment and it's me. Um, so, but I never read the comments that they get. No, 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 absolutely not. That's just a, that's a, a dark, dark place. Um, so no, other than that, we don't, but that's So hang that, on, if they're hard. doing that, do you think they're trying to gaslight you or what, 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 what is the purpose of them posting the comments you've made about them? Um, to try to make, take back some of the attention onto themselves, I think, because, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm lucky, I suppose, you know, I don't have all their money. I don't have all their, you know, wardrobe and whatever, but I've got my words 
and yeah. you know that's that's my weapon um so i am you know delighted that i've been crowned the queen of the one-liners it's like i will take that over <laughs> money and diamonds and you know manolo blanix Blahnik, any day of the week well, Angel, that's also causing problems because I have heard that there's been a little bit of jealousy over the edit. Um, some people might perceive you to have the villain edit, but they, you've also managed to get the one-liner <laughs> <Great>. edit. <laughs> I'm absolutely delighted that I've got the villain edit. But I mean, obviously, <laughs> obviously I would. What the hell else am I going to do with this accent? well i just think you should have uh threatened to steal all the puppies and make a fur coat Uh, (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah a fur coat of pomeranians no thank you we we, we've all heard about making reality tv but what is the biggest thing that surprised you about the process um there's very little that's real yeah yeah it's just, I'm, I'm sure this, I'm not the first person to say it, um, but just everything's just so manufactured. Um, and that was, that was strange to me. Um, it's, you know, I, I think of reality TV now as an ironic but, title. But what do you mean? Because obviously the environments you put into are manufactured. Um, you were hosting a pool party because <laughs> they told you to host a pool party so well, that I they could know. shoot it, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> So yeah. we, we would figure that's manufactured, but what mm. levels are you talking about? I can't go into it. I really want to. I really want to. But um, I have to sort of draw the line somewhere where I don't get my ass completely kicked. Um, yet. Yet. Well, like Wait. in real life, none of you would ever hang out together in a group, right? So that's what I was saying to the producers. It's like, you know, you can look at the other franchises, for example, like, you know, if you look at Beverly Hills or... New Jersey, whatever, you can imagine, yes, those women would run in the same circles. You can, it, it's really it's sort of, you know, you know, not outside the um, the confines of reality that they would know each other. Um, you know, even if it was just in passing, it's like, yeah, okay, I'll buy that. But it, there's there's no way. <laughs> and that, that's been the source of a lot of commentary online um, from viewers. It's like, there's no way that this movement. So I'm not saying anything out of turn here because everyone's talking about it online. It's like, this wouldn't happen. It would not happen. All right. Look, it's out there that something big's going to happen on Sunday. Yeah. Um, so what I want to know is what was going through your mind around this time of the shoot and how hard was it getting? Because you talked a big game in the early part that mm. um, I can eat these girls for breakfast. I'm I'm making that quite up. That's not exactly <laughs> what you said. But you you basically said things like they're you know like I've interviewed some of the most intimidating people in the on the planet. These people aren't going to get to me. These women. Yeah. So what changed? <laughs> I mean, like I said, watching watching the people in there that I love being attacked was really hard i don't know whether i'm sort of what do they call those people an empath or something like that who just like absorb all the um energy that's happening to other people but i kind of i got to a point where i knew i was told that certain things were going to come my way and i just thought i've I've gotten into a really dark place what does that mean what's coming your way i can't tell you Oh, is that part of the show? Yeah. 
Right. I, I thought you meant maybe um, some of the women were ganging up on you and attacking you or something like that. I'm trying to understand the dynamics here. Yeah. So, um, but I still can't tell you that, even if they were or they weren't, which... <laughs> well we're lucky here because we had the visual cue <laughs> um, it was just it, it sort of got to a point of just everything just felt sort of really because losing sight of what was really important to me and that mm. was really depressing me and all mm. I could see was this sea of sodding sequins everywhere it's like i'm still when i sneeze they come out my nose it's it's not me you know it's um yeah i felt like i was i was losing myself in that um and that was that was really difficult um and you know the people around me were sort of you know particularly my parents and my sister were just like what who are you it's like, I don't know. I don't mm. know. It just, it's all absorbing. And it's not just for the 16 weeks of filming. It's like, there's so much before it, you know, it was a year yeah. and a half. Um, so yeah, there were things that of course, you know, the viewer doesn't see and it would sound all terribly, Oh my God, boo hoo, my sad little housewife life. It wasn't <laughs> that at all. It wasn't that at all. It was just like, you know, I'm really glad I did it. Are you trying to convince me or yourself then? Oh, both. I I think it's actually harder to convince you than it is to convince myself. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I'm also trying to toe the line and not, um, you know, piss off the network or anything like that because they did give me a massive opportunity. Um. And I thank them for that. It just, I was obviously it wasn't told. For you. No, I was, I was told that it was going to be something else. And, and I believe that. And that's, that's essentially what happened. Well, you can obviously see what happens for yourself, dear listener, this Sunday on Foxtel when the next episode of The Real Housewives of Melbourne goes to air. Angeli Rao, we are so glad to have you here for the whole show you are going to have a big change of pace and talk about some tv topics so thank you for being here you know i love you so thank you so much i love you too thank you so much rob it's like couldn't do any of this without you well well that's not true but anyway (laughs) coming up a tv executive says there are too many celebrity reality tv shows Channel 10 defends the project's bad ratings in a weird, weird way, in my opinion. And we'll open up the TV binge box to find out what everyone's been watching. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Okay. While celebrity reality TV shows might be the cornerstone of Australian television, one TV executive says enough is enough. Nine's programming boss Hamish Turner has told TV Tonight he doesn't believe celebrity editions are sustainable 
and shows with unknowns are often performing better. Aaron, I couldn't agree more with his analysis. Well, yeah, I absolutely agree that the reliance on celebrities for formats is too high. And I flagged this actually on this very podcast. I I was concerned that due to the success of these celebrity type editions, that the networks would be discouraged from doing the regular Australian versions. But I'm not sure that I would agree on the premise that there's a rating slide for these shows. I mean, The Voice, Farmer Wants a Wife and Lego Masters all do well, yes, but MasterChef, The Bachelor, SAS Australia and Survivor have all been propped up by either their celebrity versions or their all-star type versions. Hang on. I think- celebrity MasterChef's doing about the same as the normal MasterChef version, isn't it? No, but I'm, I'm, I'm saying the, the MasterChef um, all-stars edition that they're doing is has been rating higher than when they just have the right. just you know the, the normal people on not I think much right. hate- and, and look in fairness to you the back to win with all the past uh contestants went yeah. gangbusters yeah and of course sas australia did better with celebrities yeah. than without uh the bachelor when it has a um you know, some sort of famous person doing it rather than the regulars, it does better. I think Hamish Turner was making more of the point of the sustainability of, mm. of so many shows yeah, I agree. As, a, as opposed to concerns over the ratings declines. Angelie Rao, you're a celebrity, apparently. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> she is on the cheap seats as well. Whoa. Okay, and now it starts. Got to come back on the Andrew and Robert show. <laughs> hey, the Real Housewives of Melbourne have got nothing on us. Um, no, you are a celebrity. Uh, when are you going into the jungle? Are you shooting the next uh, version <laughs> oh, of I'm a Celebrity uh, or anything like that? Have you had oh my, any approaches? Uh, as long as it's not dancing with anything. <laughs> <laughs> my agent's absolutely convinced that I'm going to be asked to go into the jungle because my accent just automatically makes it sound like I would have the most terrible time. <laughs> it, it would be great casting, I've got to say. The next edition has already been filmed and I will tell you a little secret on the side. <gasps> Do you tell? One contestant... One famous face does not last very long in the jungle. They walk. They walk out. Mm. Anyway, that's a little bit of uh, titillation. But if you did, um, that's not the right word, I know. Uh, (laughs) Be shaking your head at me. Um, So would you be open to doing celebrity editions? Do you think there's too many of them, but would you still have a go? Oh, I don't know. I mean, I actually would have a go, definitely. Um, But I think, you know, those sort of like uplifting ones, that's that's what I would like to do. Um, and But I agree with Hamish Turner. It is deeply concerning. I mean, this keeps me up till almost nine o'clock at night thinking about celebrity <laughs> 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 Oh, my God. But, you know, that that's the thing, though. It's like there's all these different celebrity spin-off versions of these various shows and not enough actual celebrities to go around. So mm. I just end up seeing the same faces over and over and over and over and over and over or just like trotting out the detritus of whatever reality star in commas is hanging around you know doing anything that they can not to have to go back to their normal job asking whether you want fries with that um well and everybody who's been on a regular version of the show suddenly becomes a celebrity and ends up on the celebrity version (laughs) and it's like if you guys would just make actual scripted television there wouldn't be all these unemployed actors that need to do a celebrity reality show (laughs) totally Uh, absolutely 
I think the reason they use celebrities now is because you've got all these, the civilian versions where all these people are now suing for, you know, like, oh my God, you know, I was so traumatized. Oops. Um, you know, so now they're doing the celebrity ones, although the celebrities are also, you know, so. That's totally it, you know, because you're right, reality TV creates celebrities. So this sausage factory just keeps on churning and there are very few celebrities of any decent caliber who would actually do these shows, which is why, you know, we've got this new thing now of returning cast members because they'll have to sort of, you know, make do in the absence of actual stars. <laughs> or you do, like, you see some of them, they've done, like, this season of Big Brother. They've already done Big Brother in, like, you know, two different countries and now Australia's turn. You know, it's like you just have your whole career centered around doing celebrity reality. I know. And, you know, I actually can't watch the celebrity versions of any reality because they just all are so busy being sniveling suck butts to each other. <laughs> it's like, mm. oh, do be quiet. Oh, my God, you're so desperate. But I would watch Celebrity Naked Dating if it was called Celebrity Naked Dating Stiff Competition. <gasps> what do you think? Yes, we guess that you're listening. <laughs> I love it. Uh, <laughs> oh, my right. God. Okay, moving on, because there have been plenty of reports about the flagging ratings for Channel 10's The Project, and now parent company Viacom CBS has made an official statement about its future. A spokesperson has told podcast That's Entertainment, recent media reports inferring that The Project will not be on 10 in 2022 are completely fabricated, false and misleading. Um, Sarah, I don't think anyone said it wouldn't be back. We all know how much the local execs love that show. I think that statement is false and misleading. misleading. It seems like a bit of an attempt to distract from the issues surrounding the show. As much as Channel 10 spends on the project, it is peanuts for CBS because you look at pay of, like, what, like anything that's made in the U.S. costs, Mm. like, hundreds of millions of dollars. And they make hundreds of millions of dollars. Yeah, but I talked to other former child stars and they were legit getting in per diem what I earned a week on television. <laughs> <laughs> so they're like, they, they don't give a shit that some show in Australia that it probably cost them so much more to come up with a think tank to make a new show to come up with something else. And they're like, look, this is cheap. It's not rating well, but we don't want to spend money to fill its time slot. Just keep it going. Aaron. I really feel like I'm flogging a dead horse when we talk about the project <laughs> week after week, but something has changed in the narrative. The show that was once celebrated is written about in der- derision. It is, and I'm not talking about from TV Black Box, I'm talking about other publications. We analyse, we report, we might throw in a snarky comment, um, but... The, the reporting around the project, it's like um, people are gathering to watch it die and will it to die. The media bubble has got a firm grasp that the narrative is project has to go. Yeah, I mean, let me first say, you know, about that media report, who, uh, that, that media statement, whoever wrote that or said that 
was either a genius or an idiot because <laughs> because they're an idiot obviously if they weren't reading any of the uh you know media and actually saying the complete wrong thing or they just didn't want to talk about the ratings Correct. or the salary Absolutely. and therefore just went down a whole different mm-hmm. path and let's just make something up but um i think the project is turning into i remember you were talking about you know how you like gruen mm-hmm. and there's that show that was on before that was it called question everything or something like that uh, y- uh yes yeah, and it was kind of a the same kind of show, but it was it was like a terrible version of that. It's it's like the project was growing and is now turning into that question everything where it's a bit more um I don't know how to put it, like it's pretentious. Is that is that mm. the right word? Yeah. Angela, you actually used to spend a bit of time uh co hosting on the project. And hosting. Like, and well co hosting. And hosting hosting. <laughs> Sorry. Um <laughs> Uh, lucky I'm not a real housewife. She'd be doing a master interview talking oh, about what a dickhead I am. Just you, wait. <laughs> I'd save the special sequence for you. So, so did Ange host the show when it actually had good ratings? Well done. That's why it had good ratings. Oh, exactly. There we go. Exactly. So, Ange, it's a very different show now, do you think? Or why has it lost its magic in, in the eyes of the viewers? It's been a long time since I've actually watched it. Um, you and the rest I, of I, Australia. I know, right? But I do, um, you know, read the news and, um, you know, see what people are saying about it and that they just feel that it's so biased left um, to a really unpalatable extent. That's what I'm getting. But, um, look, I don't watch it. I watch very little free-to-air at the moment because why? Um, But, you know, it, it it was really, really great when I was there. It felt like it was you know, light and shade and across the spectrum. It mm. was it was sort of, you and know, it was. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it was it was really, really great. It was great fun to do. It was great fun to watch. Um, even when I wasn't on it. Um <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I suppose I was a little bit surprised and I'm surprised also to hear that you didn't think that it was going to get cancelled. I was surprised that it's it's up for next year because it gets such a bad rap. Um, and it's really sad. It's really sad to see, not least because, you know, I love Walid. He's he's a great friend of mine. Um, and I don't want to see him, you know, living in a cardboard box. Uh, I so, think Walid will be all right. You think he'll be okay. Just quietly. <laughs> I, I think he'll be okay if the show was to fall. But here's the thing. Here's, I'll put this on the table. If for some reason the project was cancelled, that means that Viacom CBS have stepped in and they are making the decisions and local executives have lost their power because Mm. while the current local executives are running the show, the project is safe. And that's why nobody said the project wouldn't be back next year. We all know it will be back next year no matter what its ratings. I just worry about, you know, the future for 10 because... You know, there's no money to do anything drastic at all because Lisa Wilkinson took it all. <laughs> well, you, you say you're worried Lisa. about 10. Apparently um, they've put a hold on where Bert Newton had his funeral because they think they'll be having their soon. Uh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, too soon, Bam. too soon, dude. Bam. <laughs> oh, I hope that makes the edit. <laughs> 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 oh, I forgot it's edited. Thank God. Uh, it was a joke, everybody. It was a joke. Hilarious. 
right. There's been plenty of controversy speaking about Lisa Wilkinson over her new book, but the TV host reckons she's been portrayed as a shameless media whore who wrote her new memoir just to even old scores. According to the Daily Mail, Lisa was speaking at an event organised by Dimmick's booksellers at the Four Seasons Hotel when she made the comments, and I've got to say... I personally don't care why she's writing a book. If she wants to settle old scores, good luck to her. Isn't that what a, a memoir is for? <laughs> give us the dirt, Lisa. I don't care why. Just God. give it to us like you have. Absolutely. I think it's great. And it's, you know, getting her all the, you know, the publicity and that's exactly what <laughs> she wants. So it's it, that's not a thing. I think it's fantastic. My issue is with, you know, bloody Mark Latham, like going there and using parliamentary privilege uh, to slag yeah. off a woman of great achievement. Whatever you think about her, yeah. she is so accomplished um, mm. because, oh, what was it? According to a friend of Mark Latham's, who says that they knew Lisa Wilkinson at high school and that she was always about the money. 40 years and ago. he said yeah. this in Parliament House, Coward's yeah. Castle, where he couldn't be sued for defamation. This what was such hell? a low act against so someone who really, I mean, it would look indulgent if she got up and defended herself on national TV against this bloke, mm-hmm. but it was woeful. Yeah. And, and what purpose does it serve to the, to the people of New South Wales to have this said in Parliament? Oh, she wanted to leave the the western suburbs. Like I'm like, who doesn't want to leave the western oh, suburbs and move to like the east coast? I mean, really, what's yeah. wrong with trying to better your circumstances? You know, which she's done in spades, obviously. So it's just you know another gross attempt to shame a woman for being successful, um, and that's a very sad thing. But his his words and his tone were vicious. And yeah. it's like, this woman, whatever you say, yes, okay, she lives in her you know multi million dollar chateau in Vaucluse or Mossman or wherever. Um, but just, like, leave her alone. She's a... No, none of that's an book. issue. The only issue with Lisa's book has been the excerpts that were released ahead of schedule, uh, ahead of the release, um, were challenged. Mm. You know, uh, video footage was leaked to prove that what she said in the book didn't match up what really happened. Rundowns were put out that showed... Her claim that Carl got all the interviews on this particular day didn't happen. Um, it's legitimate to have a discussion about all those and the facts when claims are being made. Um, the attack on her for daring to release a book or, you know, this whole waste of time in Parliament is ridiculous and I've got to say is absolutely outrageous what he did. But, Sarah, I've got to say I don't know why her book publishers were worrying all of it was just a glad bag of publicity for this book, wasn't it? Yeah, all, all publicity is you know, good publicity. We didn't get to pre-publicise my book at all because we were yeah. worried that Robert's lawyers might try to ixnay the book. So it was legit. I landed wow. on the ground and we just ran and it, it was that same day. So people didn't get to pre-go through it or whatever. But, I mean, we did a lot of fact-checking beforehand. But well, yeah, I would have I mean, got caught point, in the lawyers if uh, if, yeah, if you promoted the fact And they it was had being lawyers released. go mm. through the book and through the book and through the book. But I mean, the whole point of writing a book is so that you can tell your story mm-hmm. in your words yep. and how you want to. And if that means that you are, you know, throwing knives at everybody who ever did you wrong, then that's why you write a book. That's what you, you know, that's your thing. It's it's cathartic. It's 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 allowing you to have your say. Absolutely. And so good for her. Let her do her thing. And how 
dare somebody waste parliamentary time so that they can have a bitch at some, you know, because they didn't like the book. I mean, that's just stupid. Do something about actual <laughs> politics. <laughs> yeah, I also think it's uh, funny that some media reports are suggesting that Lisa is offered three weeks due to low ratings. <laughs> Number one, the ratings couldn't go any lower. So, so it's not that. That sounds like a challenge. <laughs> <laughs> challenge accepted. <laughs> any lower, and they would be matching the Mandarin news at 3.45 a.m. on SBS. But yeah. secondly, no, in all seriousness, Lisa uh, won't have the Christmas holiday period off the project because right. she'll be the main fill-in host for mm. Carrie when mm. she's off. Um, so that's why she's having three weeks off. She's having her Christmas holidays early and then she'll be back for, to be the main host. So that was just silly. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I've got to say, uh, Sarah, on your point, I uh, was asked to write a book. I was approached to write a book when I left Studio left studio 10. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> quietly. And I've got to say, it was tempting. Quietly into the night. It, it was tempting, and but I'm so glad I didn't do it because it would have been a very bitter book. If I wrote yes. it now, mm. it would... It, I, you know me, I'm, a, I'm in some ways an open book. I'd probably be too honest, which my wife is so fearful about. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it would be more of a celebration that also talks about the bad times and the highs and the lows. It would be a much better book now than if I had written it then. That's what I would say. So I think it also comes down to the point when you write these things. You know, I think, Sarah, you wrote yours at the right time. And I had a very good editor because I wrote a first version and they looked at it and went, you can't publish any of this. Do it again. <laughs> <laughs> and so we went through and we, we completely, well, actually one of my friends, Alison Angram, who was um, Nelly on Little House, she sent me her book and she's like, look, this is how you write a book. Oh, I love um, her. And, yeah, she's great because I'm, I'm like, I don't know what her. to do. And she legit, she FedExed me her book overnight and was like, here's, oh. here's, here's what it looks like. Um, and so I redid the book and I had the best editor in the world. Like she, every day she would go through it with me and she's like, you know, we can't say this, let's focus more on this. You know, this is too litigious. This is, this just makes you sound mean. And they didn't want me to sound mean at all. So mm -hmm. they went through and, and that was their big thing. Jeez, that would have been a lot of editing. <laughs> <laughs> you know i love you too sarah so you yeah. know <laughs> but you love mean girls so <laughs> <laughs> all right i think we should move on uh, the chair of the abc board ida buttrose has released a brutal statement slamming federal liberal senator andrew bragg after he announced a senate inquiry into the abc's complaint process ida accused the senator of undermining the operational independence of the ABC, especially after the board initiated an independent review of the ABC's complaint system itself. In her letter, the former Australian of the Year revealed Senator Bragg has already been interviewed as part of the review process and questioned his motives, saying, I will leave it to Senator Bragg to explain his motives, but the impact of his action is clear. As chair of the ABC board, I am duty-bound to call out any action that seeks to undermine the independence of the national broadcaster. Once again, an elected representative has chosen to threaten the ABC's independence at the expense of the integrity of this irreplaceable public service service. Any incursion of this kind into the ABC's independence should be seen by Australians for what it is, an attempt to weaken the community's trust in the public broadcaster. Ange, the message is simple. Don't mess with ITA. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's absolutely right. My God, that woman is a force and we love her. Absolutely. What was that segment on Studio 10 that she used to always do? Um, Ask Ita. Ask Ita. Yeah, absolutely. She was like Judge Judy. Bloody hell. (laughs) (laughs) Now that's, she could be Australia's Judge Judy because she doesn't take fools, but she's fiercely loyal. Uh, I... I, I've got to tell you, I admire the, this lady. I've worked very closely with Ita. I actually consider her a friend. She yeah. is taking part in the TV Black Box Awards on November 28th. Hurrah! Uh, yeah. Woo-hoo. Uh, she will be live with some other celebrities that I cannot name publicly at this stage. Actual celebrities. Actual celebrities. Not reality TV celebrities. Let's just say I'm calling in every favour. But this is what you get with Ita. If if the government thought they were going to put her in that chair and she would just, you know, do it as a part-time job or something, that's not Ita. She takes... Every role she has very, very seriously. And when she's the chairperson of an organisation which is being attacked, she will stand up. And that is why we saw a concerted campaign from some members of the right to try and force Ita to resign from that position because the attacks on the ABC weren't penetrating because Ita was standing up. This is another example of why every person working at the ABC should thank their lucky stars. Ita is there steering the ship. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, you know, she's just, you're right, she's so loyal and mm. she just, you know, lives and breathes whatever she does. Yep. Um, and she's a cracking chick. Um, <laughs> I think that's on a resume. <laughs> I mean, um, look, I, I understand that, you know, the ABC's very existence is thanks to the taxpayer. So, you know, the government has a right to investigate the ABC's conduct. But I just can't fathom the timing um, because the ABC is already conducting its mm. own independent inquiry. So why does the government have to do one now at the same time because it seems entirely counterproductive. I mean, surely if the ABC's findings were not satisfactory to the government, yeah, sure, go ahead. You know, it's within your rights to carry out whatever audit you think is necessary on behalf of the taxpaying public. But this just seems um, hostile and it's like, like, hmm, I wonder what the government can be pissed off about. Louise Milligan. (laughs) Uh, That in itself was controversial because uh, the the broadcaster covered the legal fees over private tweets, but they were associated with what was happening in her reporting. Um, That is is, uh, the reason why some of the rules uh, are changing within the ABC. All right, let's take a look at the ratings race over the past week, starting with last Wednesday. And it wasn't exactly a strong night. Outside of news, the best show of the night was ABC's Hard Quiz on 647,000 viewers. Gruen was the second biggest entertainment show of the night on 577,000. Now, those results didn't stop the big commercial networks, though, with the Blues taking top spot and the Reds taking second spot. 10's primary 
Channel came fourth behind the ABC with The Bachelorette sinking to its lowest numbers of the season, feel like we're saying that all the time, with just 249,000 viewers. Even the total TV numbers aren't helping this disaster. On Thursday, things weren't much better with Home and Away topping the charts for entertainment shows on 501,000 viewers. It was in position number seven after various news programs. The Socceroos versus Saudi Arabia actually did okay for 10, delivering 447,000. It wasn't helped, though, by the project, which had a shocking 270,000 viewers for the 7pm show and just 198,000 for the 6.30pm portion. Average those out, and that's just 234,000 viewers in the five-cap cities. And Channel 10 wonders why people think this show is going to be axed. Nine took out the number one spot in network shares, but swapped places with seven on the primary channel. Let's fast forward to Sunday and nothing managed to get over one million viewers. Let's remember, Sunday is meant to be the biggest night of TV. Celebrity MasterChef was the top entertainment show with 545,000 viewers. Nine was the number one network and primary channel ahead of seven. Ten was third. Now on Monday night, things got really interesting with just 0.1% separating the primary channels between 7, 9 and 10. Have You Been Paying Attention delivered for 10 with 731,000 viewers and Celebrity Masterchef did okay on 557,000 viewers. For other shows, that would be a really good number. But the reason I say okay for Masterchef is because those numbers should be stronger based on the past performance of that show. Now look, it's going to be interesting to see if bringing back a mix of old contestants for the next series will lift ratings like the Back to Win season did. Seven had the most watched primary channel on 16.9%, followed by nine and 10 tying on 16.8. The difference between nine and seven was the same 0.1% in network shares with nine taking out top spot. And that brings us to Tuesday, where the doghouse continues to perform well for 10. Big Brother VIP has been a disaster for seven with just 302,000 people tuning in. But I reckon viewers will come back to the brand when the All-Stars version launches with Reggie and a swag of other favourites next year. And I've got to say, I am still struggling to understand why producers didn't cast former TV Black Box contributor Ben Norris in the upcoming All-Stars version. We know he loves the show. He is a great player and always provides great content. But I am looking forward to see how the other favourites do when it launches. Nine was the number one primary channel and network with seven in second spot. Aaron, the offerings on free-to-air at the moment, they're just not drawing viewers in. Yeah, I thought there was going to be a stronger end to the year. Um, network said that they would, you know, program right to the end of the year, and it's we're going out with a limp, aren't we? Mm. Um, I just want to follow up on something discussed last week in regards to 10. I said in the in the scheme of things, 10 is doing well in the 10-pole slot. So you talked about Monday night. Yep. 10 easily won the seventh end yeah. slot with Celebrity MasterChef and then pretty much tripled everyone with Have You Been Paying Attention? Yet... They were only good enough to tie for second at mm. 16.9. If that, 16.8, if that was seven or nine, they would have won the night Correct. by five or ten share points. Yep. It is that bad, bad ratings between six and then the project now at 7.30, which is contributing to that. But and Aaron, take, you can't, you, as an executive, you can't just write that off and say, well, we're dead until seven o'clock where we start to build with the project. It is your job as an executive to fix it. Find a solution. You are paid a lot of money to program a network. Oh, Find look, ab ab a solution. 
Of course, that's the answer, absolutely. They need to improve in those slots. But when we're completely riding off 10, they actually do pretty well at 7.30 and 8.30. And then, as you mentioned, the doghouse did well. But they, um, and they, even... they, let's also rewind a bit. They're doing better at the moment because there is no real competition. Yeah, they've, they've, they have had some good shows throughout the year, like Australian Survivor. Which they did have okay shows... up against tough competition. Absolutely. Tuesday night, the Doghouse uh, won its slot and then the Cheap Seats was competitive, yet they were still um, nine beats, ten by over seven share points, mm. and even seven, um, they seven beat them by three share points, and all they had on was Big Brother, which rated nothing, mm. and then that Chippendale special, which rated nothing. So well, it's nine just and the... seven have the news at six o'clock, and then their seven p.m. offerings, Home and Away, and A Current Affair. Yeah, that is a course. strong hour and a half of primetime programming. That is a strong cornerstone base. Your point is, I think ten doesn't have that. Yeah, that's correct. Uh, they don't have any lead in at all to, to these big shows. And the last thing I will say, and it will be a rant, but still, part, uh, still <laughs> pissed off with with that uh, nine. They they will win the year in demos and primary total people, absolutely a hundred percent. So they don't need to send out uh, data that is incorrect and uh, you know fabricates what, you what the actual truth is. Well, as we know, they're doing the they're, they're adding more than the two weeks of the of the Olympic period. Therefore, it takes out sevens the voice, the launch of the voice, um, and it's just not right because they're going to win anyway. So they didn't need to do that. They didn't do it in two thousand and twelve when they had the yeah, Olympics. They're doing back, themselves back. a disservice. I agree. But just because there's no reason to do it. I mean, include the voice. Sure, include the voice for Channel Seven. Uh, seven will still win. Uh, sorry, nine will still win the demos, um, and total people. Uh, with primaries, and also they say they don't care about total people, but next week they have ripped out their entire schedule, not just Snack Masters, they ripped out the entire schedule. That is a final total people grab for the year. They already have won the demos. Well, maybe it is, and maybe if they can pull that off, because Big Brother certainly hasn't fired for seven. It's been a big chink in uh, in Seven's armour. Um, I, I do come back to it. I, I think Big Brother will come back with a bang next year w- with the All-Stars version. Yeah, it, it, it will come back and it'll be big next year. It's interesting now with the celebrity one. I mean, the ratings haven't improved, but it's actually got better because I've kept watching it. But it's funny, it's better without having celebrities in it. And, of course, I know that there's still celebrities in it, but it's the unknown, the mm. more unknown ones. All of the big profile celebrities have actually left. So the celebrities that are left aren't kissing, you know, kissing up to these to the bigger celebrities like Caitlyn Jenner. So now it's just the, you know, sort of the unknown ones left. And it's actually quite competitive and quite fun. Mm. All right, now it's time for Hatches and Dispatches with Sarah. Thanks, Rob. Peter Tonner, who has been a non-executive director of the ABC board since May 13th this year, has been appointed as deputy chairperson. His previous roles span Foxtel, News Corp and REA, and he will hold this title on the board through to May 2026. Terence Flowers, the man who was incorrectly identified as having been taken into custody over the alleged abduction of Cleo Smith, has launched defamation proceedings against Seven. Seven News showed images of Flowers, labelling him as a person under arrest, which according to his lawyers resulted in him being hospitalised with a severe panic attack. Netflix has launched a new website called Top 10 on Netflix, where each Tuesday they will publish the top 10 titles by country and globally. 
the list is broken down into films and TV and separated again into English and non-English and will also include how long each title has spent in the top 10. And that is this week's Hatches and Dispatches. Thank you, Sarah. And now it's time to find out what everyone has been watching. Aaron, let's start with you. Um, I finished uh, American Rust, uh, which is one of Mog's recommendations. Loved the series, but I thought it would be a one-season mystery. But the finale did not tie up the loose ends, which is uh, the only shame part of the show. Um, Parental Guidance finale, love the show, and um, it is now finished for the year. Ratings have dropped for the final week, and it's easy to see why, um, and nine should take note. The first two weeks was about incorporating all the different styles of parenting, having challenges, and critiquing the styles of behaviours. But the final week seemed to be like up the ante and turn the show into a real competition where families were, you know, so-called eliminated and it was a race to find, you know, the best parenting style. I don't think that was actually the point of the show. Yeah. I think the best Agreed. parenting style is actually taking a lesson from each one of them yeah. um, and then creating your own parenting style. Um, the competition phase was not so great. Um, still continuing with Herpes Island. Um, <laughs> it's a pretty, <laughs> pretty bad season. Um, I do hope nine though bring it back next year um it, it does do well with the you know the young demographic and it's big on bvod but just don't make it cruel it, it was just a bit cruel this season also i i of course i mean everyone would know i watched the four-part curse of the chippendales and i thought it was going to be a show about you know strippers and lots of nudity it was a little bit of that but i had no idea the show like the show was going to be about murder um you know, assassination plots and a crazy owner. That was one hell of a story, the, the whole Chippendale story. So it's amazing. Um, wow. Not just about stripping. So there we go. <laughs> and the back the backside of television on SBS, lots of industry people listen to this podcast. And if you're an avid media junkie, this is the TV show. Brilliant, brilliant. SBS and lots of swearing in it as well. But it's brilliant. Okay. I... I listened to the interview last week and I have been intending to go and listen to that, but I, I'll watch it and I forgot to do that, so I'll go and do that. Sarah, what have you been watching? Well, we all know I'm still watching Shameless. And then um, I attempted to watch Real Housewives just for Ange. Um, i so sorry. <laughs> uh, I did learn one educational thing. I told my husband I actually did learn something thanks to Kyla's champagne class, which everybody, yeah. like, you know, gave shit to. And I thought it was fascinating because I actually learned how to pop that, like, you know, instead of twisting from the top, you hold the top and twist, you know, two times at the bottom. Yeah. Which living on a yacht will come in very handy. Um, <laughs> and and uh, I uh, think, oh, I watched The Big Chill because I was flicking through TV and that was on there. And it was, you know, my mom's favorite movie back in the day. But um, yeah, and that was it. Okay, fair enough. Um, I do, I, I, on the weekend, I was doing a whole heap of uh, prep for the TV Black Box Awards, the live stream on November 28 at 7.30 Australian Eastern Standard Daylight Time. Um, and I had the Real Housewives on, so I binged Miss Angeli Rao. Oh, did you? <laughs> did. May I ask what you thought? Um, it was so weird seeing you 
in that environment, I've got to say, um, because it was sort of like Ange, but it wasn't Ange. And then I'd be all like, oh, wow, that was full on. And, you know, like I, I, it was a roller coaster ride, I've got to say. <laughs> and all the other fairground attractions as yes. well. <laughs> um, but I actually have been enjoying it. I've loved seeing you. Anytime someone has a bad word to say about you, I get very defensive. And uh, I, I start throwing tomatoes at the screen. So I need a new TV. If anyone's out there and wants to donate a new uh, big screen TV to me, please. Or uh, some I, tomatoes. <laughs> um, I, I've got a, a, you know, Media Watch, I, I never mentioned this week in, week out, but I it's appointment TV for me. I even watch the Sydney feed live at 8.15 my time, which is 9.15, 9.20 in Sydney because I really always want to see it. Gruen's been fantastic. Uh, still making my way through the Goldbergs and Lucifer. I'm on the final season of Lucifer on Netflix. The Goldbergs is uh, Amazon Prime Video. Love it. But Channel 9 actually ran Skyfall. Uh, I think it was on Friday night. Can't remember. And my nine-year-old said, Daddy, we, let's watch this. And I went, okay, I've never seen a James Bond be- film before. What? What? Yeah. So I thought, never, never seen one. Um, I've seen glimpses. I remember seeing a glimpse of a guy with jaws and I think a golden lady, but I've never seen, and, and a scene with Roger Moore in space or something like that. I, I don't know. Are they, <laughs> am I, hopefully I've got the right films in Did my Did Austin head. Powers make sense to you then? Yeah, right. Yeah, it does. Just. There's probably gags I missed. I mean, I get the premise of James Bond. I'm in. I'm alive in the universe. I understand James Bond. Um, <laughs> but I watched Skyfall. I thought it was brilliant. Like it was a really great movie, and has made me want to watch more. <laughs> My eleven year old start at was, the beginning and go through. Well, although I really enjoyed Skyfall, although. We were in hysterics in the opening uh, sequence when the big giant hand grabs um, Daniel Craig and pulls him down into the water. We were like, what? (laughs) Spoilers. I was just going to say, hello. (laughs) That's in the opening credits. Uh, That's not a spoiler. But you've all presumably heard the theory that James Bond is a Time Lord like Doctor Who. And that's why he has different bodies because he regenerates and keeps doing the same job. What? No. It's a theory See, my there. whole thing is always James it was Bond just... is a stop. time lord like the Doctor, regenerates and changes oh. his body. I always thought he was meant to, it was the name and it was the cover story and that was the number until the one, the one movie where they screwed that up because they actually showed like it was a family name. And I'm like, well, how have you had six of them then if that's a family name and it's just that one person? Because they oh. went to the grave and <laughs> they have like the dad sound- bond. That theory sounds like it comes from Pete Evans. I'm disgusted. <laughs> <in his life. laughs> Gee, that is Doctor Who. Oh, that's what I've and, and I've been watching Doctor Who, and I've got to say, thank God Chris Chibnall's on his way out, but he's going out with a good story. He's actually done all right this season. Angelie Rao, what have you been watching? Well, Robert McKnight, um, (laughs) I've actually been watching something that um, I was told to watch before going into Housewives and I didn't do it and now I am and I'm loving it. I can't get enough of Unreal. Ah, Um, I've heard about this. Oh, my God. What's that on, Ange? Stan. Right. 
So um, I'm not bigging up Netflix at all because I'm very pissed off that they're, um, you know, jacking up their prices, um, you know, uh, without giving us the content of the US or the UK. That makes me extremely angry. Um, But, you know, so Unreal is all about the bonkers machinations of this reality TV show between cast and production, like in front of the camera and behind it. Um, But watching it for me has been like watching a documentary. Interesting. It's... is this, a new, is this a new version or the one from five years ago? I guess it must have been five years ago, but yeah. that many people, Aaron, was saying to me, you know, you've got to watch it, watch it, watch it, watch it. With what you're going to do, just watch this. And I didn't, and I'm really glad that I didn't watch it beforehand because I probably wouldn't have done it. I <laughs> um, <laughs> 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 know I would. <laughs> um, but I'm also re-watching... Do you guys know this country? It's also on Stan. No. It's, oh my God, it just makes me laugh so much. It's brilliant. It's um, like British comedy at its absolute, you know, nexus. Because the humour's really dry and awkward, like, you know, the office meets Little Britain sort of thing. Um, and it's great because it's it's um, a bit like Schitt's Creek in that it stars an actual real-life family. Um, so the characters are all like, you know, brother, sister, father, uncle in real life. Huh. Um, but it's just hilarious and just so wrong. Just so wrong. <laughs> I love it. All right. Well, all right. There's some things in there to watch. And I believe you'll be having a bit of a viewing party this uh, Sunday night for the Real Housewives of Melbourne. Any particular reason why you're having a big viewing party? Because I love my my little girls, <laughs> Kyler and Cherry. That's why. So you're all getting together and watching it, the three of you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Um, and it's going to be great. I watched it with Kyler. Was it last week or the week before? But um, yeah, there obviously wasn't a lot of watching going on. So Will you be live streaming the watching party like Gogglebox style? Oh yeah. So we were thinking about doing that, um, but then you thought it might be back. too litigious. Oh, yeah, right, exactly. A little bit. Yeah, so, you know, she's like, oh, you know, we should do a Facebook Live because I said, let's, you know, record it and we'll put some of it up on our socials later. I just said, no, let's Facebook Live. And I mentioned it to our executive producer. He went, please don't do that. (laughs) (laughs) You should totally do that. Totally. Oh, and, and you don't, for copyright reasons, you don't have it on the screen. You just have it pointed at yourselves and, uh, and just show yeah. the reactions because people can watch it on their Foxtel at the same time as watching you guys watching it. It'd be hilarious. Angelie Rao, thank you for being here tonight for the TV Black Box podcast. You have been brilliant. Oh, why, thank you, my good man, as have you. Uh, thank you. And we will see you on November 28th at the TV Black Box Awards. You will, where I will be presenting Best Reality TV Newcomer. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, not a category. And are you nominating yourself and are you the winner? <laughs> <laughs> Love you lots, guys. Thank you. All good. Aaron and Sarah, thank you very much. I'm Rob McKnight. We will see you next week for the TV Black Box podcast. In the meantime, don't forget to go to tvblackbox.com.au for the latest TV news and breaking news too. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... 
HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 